What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We Knows Parenting. Peter McNerney in the house. Beth Newell. We're a day late, guys. Sorry we're late. Sorry we're late. Beth had to be in California and take the red eye back. How was the red eye? Um, It was good in the sense that I slept for most of it. It was bad in the sense that it was the red eye. It's a red eye. Yeah. I've thrown up twice after getting off a red eye. I can't do it. I can't do it. I won't do it. I'm just so tired. I don't even like, and I don't know at this point. It's I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not from lack of sleep. It's just from jet lag. It's just like my body is like, where am I? What's happening? Yeah. Well, it's mm, yeah. You shouldn't. You shouldn't be tired. Oh, it's the it's the red eye. Because in L.A., it's being awake time. Still, that's for sure. <laughs> time zones. Am I right? Am I right? I uh, was supposed to go do um, uh, harass- sexual harassment training for <laughs> one of my jobs this morning, mm-hmm. and I missed it because- it You were r- harassing someone? I was too busy har- sexually harassing somebody. Nah, don't joke about that. Um, what if you- I was just cool with it. <laughs> with with me? I was like, you know you were harassing someone. Anyway. Uh, that would be- out of character for you in every single way. Um, but I thought you would be able to take the kids to school. I didn't think about it. And you weren't even back by the time I took the kids to school. No. And so I missed it. No one said anything. Are you blaming me? A mm, woman? No. It made the rest of my day easier knowing I had to miss it. But I'm going to have to take an online course What, now. so you could continue believing sexual harassment is okay? Yeah, I'm. I'm still. I'm not sold. I'm not sold yet. Uh, um, yeah. So I was out of town all weekend, hanging out with some moms from my mom group. Up 250 moms. 250. The, something like that. And this really just started from a Facebook group. Yeah. 
It was a Facebook group of moms, and they hosted a retreat in Big Bear, California, and at like a summer camp type place, and it was wonderful. And it was like it's kind of like Moms Gone Wild, except that you know moms <laughs> don't go that wild; like they're catching up on naps and like moms go wild you know. and catch up on naps. <laughs> it was like have a nice walk in the woods. It was great. Like, well, everyone had their own version of wild. So, like for some people, <laughs> they were like, "I'm gonna party all night," and other people, they were like, "I'm gonna read in my bunk bed." <laughs> What is the age range of this mom group? Um, it's moms, so it's mom aged. I would say most that that could be twenty two to a hundred and two. Well, okay, so it's largely Los Angeles based moms, which means that the it skews older for moms, which means like I would say average age of like forty three. You mean moms who currently have children in their house? Yeah. Not People who are like looking for compassion and mom advice and a, sh- a shoulder to cry on. Yeah. Um, Did you find that for yourself in Big Bear? Yeah, I mean, it was just fun. It was just fun to see friends and people yeah. and hang out and be outside and not have kids near us. You have a rich digital life. I do. <laughs> well, I don't. We don't have friends who live in close proximity to us. Our closest friends are still an hour drive away. It's true. And that's where I was this weekend. Yeah. And that's, it's just, you got to make your own community in a digital age. Um, I spent the weekend talking about this because I don't like people to be around me as much as, I, as it seems like I do. You spent the weekend talking about how you don't like people. Um, about how I'm uh, nervous, uh, social. You have social anxiety. Uh, it's too much work, and that I'm the big re- revelation, um, uh, realization rather that I'm very introverted because I'm very performative. I'm very ha ha ha. I gotta give gotta give all my energy to the world. <laughs> I'm I never ask people questions because I'm too scared of asking the wrong questions. So I just make myself comfortable by talking about myself. Because I'm in control of the social moment if I do that. But it leads to obviously an unbalanced social exchange where I have not learned anything about you. And I feel guilty about it. And now I just want to go home and be alone and just tell you about it. Yeah. Um, I have a different kind of social anxiety where that doesn't manifest as <laughs> talking about myself nonstop. I think sometimes we, maybe I don't know. I think we are we are surprisingly similar in in some respects in terms of like uh, we do need to get away and be alone, but we respond to the social moments very differently. Well, I spent most of the weekend hanging out with my friend who is much more comfortable in social situations than me, and I mm-hmm. feel like I'm learning a lot from her because she like she has actually similar anxieties to me i think it's just that when i assume someone is annoyed at a comment i made i i am just learning the skill of like just smoothing things over in the moment and being vulnerable and being like oh my god what did i say oh whoops yeah uh, like you know like just like yeah just like covering your tracks as soon as possible and then if that person continues to be mad at you you know that it's not really your fault you know what I mean? like uh, wow, this is really interesting to hear you say because it's not something you do. I think historically you realize there's a weird moment and you you just retreat. <laughs> You're like, I'm out of here. Well, that's the coping mechanism. Yeah. 
I I overdo it in the opposite direction sometimes, which is I just assume people are right, and I I'm like I make fun of myself, and I I validate their complaints, and then years later I'm like, hey, you know what? I think maybe they were just an asshole. Well, this this is like a realization I'm only recently having with certain people is like I ha- I will have these dynamics where I'm like. Oh man, I did something that made them mad. Oh my god, I'm gonna try to fix that. I'm, oh, I made them mad again. And then what I realized, like, when you have techniques like the smoothing things over thing in the moment, if you're constantly putting out positive energy to that person and they're still doing it, you're like, oh, it's not me. They're just in a bad mood all the time. Like, that's mm-hmm. not my problem. Yeah. It is best to, if you're like, oh, there's weirdness, those that you can confidently, openly just go, hey, that was weird, I'm sorry, then you're just denying them, yeah, denying them the time to stew on it and to turn it into something even bigger. And their memory, every time they think of it, they rewrite right. the memory well, into a worse thing. But there's a balance there because there's a difference between casually being like, oh man, I'm sorry, did I do something? And like putting, you're putting it out in like a positive way versus someone who's constantly apologizing being like, hey, I suck. I'm a bad person. I didn't, shouldn't, you know, like there's sure, a way yes, you can do it that like drags line. the mood down a lot and then people are not going to oh, yeah, yeah, want to yeah. engage with that. No, my my main mode is... I'm going to make everything real comfortable for everybody no, to the detriment of progress. <laughs> well, while you were away, we had a grand old time. The kids, oh, they're so not as terrible as they used to be. Yeah. They fight about everything and nothing all day long like the <laughs> their closeness in age is really becoming i see the future which is just we had there was you know uh indigenous people's day on monday so no school so we had a lot of time sitting around this weekend and they just find everything to get on each other's nerves and Bryn will like whisper really terrible things to her knowing she's gonna cry and be upset and then I'll come in and be like, why is all this crying happening? So yeah, and then th- he's like, what? Yeah, so they're starting to try to play each other, and Maven will come in and tell on him. And I can tell that he really didn't do anything. So I kept being an unpredictable ally. <laughs> where She would come and goes, Bryn hurt me. And I'm like, well, why are you going near him? And because she just said it so many times, I'm like, this has become your fault. Leave him alone. <laughs> And she was like, oh, my dad was had a bit of that where he's like, you know, little little siblings need to learn. If they get near the big one, they're going to get pummeled. Learn learn to get away. That's your philosophy? Uh, it was moment to moment. I, I, mean, I have I, a lot of, I was, ta- well, I was talking to my friend who, this weekend, who is the second, ki- second kid, and they have some interesting family dynamics where the oldest was given a lot of attention and they, and like their needs were kind of like put to the side for the older kid. Mm -hmm. And as the middle child, I can kind of relate to this. Like it's like, cause Bryn is louder. He's the oldest. He's used to commanding attention. And when we're like reading books, like tonight, he knows the words, he can shout them out. He can shout over her. And she, it's like she doesn't get a chance to like learn to read. Like she doesn't get the yeah. same attention because he's doing that. And then I feel like 
I have such a like emotional reaction on her behalf where I'm like, oh man, if I just keep go- taking the easier out here, it's like she gets walked all over for the rest of her life. And I'll tell you that there's benefits and there's there's downsides. <laughs> You're to like, just embrace your role. <laughs> I mean, she's more patient in some ways because she's had everything taken away from her by him. This is true of a lot of second children. I think my, you know, I'm three of four boys. My older brothers, my brother Andrew, who's number two, is the most patient. And I think he's like the the most supportive of everyone because he grew up with that older brother just being like, no, I'm in charge. The same way Brynn is the right, maven. But that's the problem with the middle children is that everyone's like, see, they're so agreeable. They're doing everything right. And like you... You're like, it, it's going great for them because you're looking at how it affects the people around them. You're not looking at how it affects them. Sure. <laughs> you're not like, you're not like, hmm, I wonder if he should speak up for himself a little more. Like, Yeah, well, it's you can't generalize it because it's super general and it's ignoring all the other factors that make you you and your behavior. And so that can be a positive trait. It also can tip to the point where you don't take care of yourself. Um, in my case, I was number three where I saw this dynamic and I I think I instinctually knew there are options. And so I'm finding every everything that hasn't been tried to get attention at all times. But you were also the baby for like five years. So you're sort of the baby. Yeah, I'm a little in between. You You spent the formative part of your life mostly identifying as the baby. Well, I'm still trying to get the attention. Yeah. Everyone is. Yeah. But the middle child never gets it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Because um, the middle child is like, oh, the only the role they want to put me in is I can get attention by just being agreeable, except it actually backfires and I don't get any attention. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just you, you, when you're the second child that close to the oldest child, then it's like, well, I just, I'm not going to have the attention, so, so I'm not going to try to get it. I'm I'm going to think, and I'm going to piece things together and be patient. Like, Ma- Maven is piecing things together, and she's figuring things out, and she's learning that she's not going to get instant validation for all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, and there's, this can be good, and that can be bad. Well, I mean, they also just are different people with different personalities, but yeah. it's, but I do think it's worth, check like monitoring how you treat your children and not have like a total discrepancy i try to have as much maven time we did letters in the fridge the other day we have these new magnet letters on the fridge and maven and i curled up in that little nook looking at the fridge doing all the letters um and i there was one of those moments where i'm like boy this is a long stretch of one-on-one time that she doesn't get and it was lovely yeah. And then that night she asked me, <laughs> we've been reading Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory on my phone while the lights are out. And she interrupted <laughs> just to go, Daddy, do I have bones in my butt? <laughs> and then we had a nice conversation about tailbones. That's a good question. Do you have a bone in your butt? Yeah. Weird. <laughs> Oh, 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 
I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This next segment is called Did You Knows? It's where we reference some parenting information we found on the internet. We're going to reference it. Um, So I read uh, something this week, New York Times, about... Uh, parenting, uh, uh, that sort of one-on-one direct uh, time with your kids, working on skills, reading, math, <laughs> that sort of. What's the headline? What's the headline? Oh, you're gonna you're gonna make me look it up. I was I was paraphrasing, but in uh, intensive care, what makes a quote unquote good parent? And I'm not gonna get into the whole thing, but. It struck me, you know, there's a lot of pressure as parents to uh, sit down with your kids and to to go over school skills, math and reading and all this stuff. And a lot of times it's very easier, easy to 
uh, shame parents into not putting in enough time. There's a lot of statistics in here that show college edu- educated parents put in more time um, than non college edu- educated parents. But the bottom line of this that I thought was really um, interesting is uh, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to read this uh, quote here. Is that uh, the biggest difference is between parents who don't do any of these developmentally stimulating activities and parents that do something, uh, which is why the focus on parenting programs and interventions should be to get parents to put in some minutes, not hours, on a regular basis. What I believe is that what really matters is a regular steady habits of modest investment. And it was just that distinction that, like, you might not have a ton of time. You might not be able to do all this. Putting in a few minutes regularly every day adds up and it really makes a difference for kids to have that extra time with like a little bit of math, a little bit of reading. And so a modest, uh, a modest goal is uh, important and great. And sort of that, like, I guess the point of this is you shouldn't feel like you have to do hours of that. Like now we're going to, now we're going to learn vowels you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you feel pressure to teach your children things? Sort of. I don't. I can already tell. I'm not necessarily going to be that parent. Although, I am better at like discussing like <laughs> educational stuff that's of like a higher level sometimes than I am like teaching ABCs. Like I get bored. So it's nice to kind of be like as they get older to be a little bit more stimulated by what they're learning. I feel more invested in teaching them. Boy, we're a good pair for this. Because you you love repetition. Fucking love. We got it. You're like, let's do some drills. You're like, let's do the addition, all your addition. Yeah. Brennan and I have been doing math problems for fun. I love it. We learned multiplication in McDonald's the other day. You guys are two nerds. Uh, he figured out. Uh, he's uh, that's a tough concept. You're like the for a you're the queen of the overstatement. With we learned mul- multiplication. I asked in him, McDonald's. I what's three plus three? And he said nine. And he figured it out. And so he has the basic concept. Okay. And then I and then I was like, okay, well then, what's three? And he goes, Daddy, I'm done. And so, <laughs> the hardest part for me is is knowing. Oh, okay. I hit my limit and just I got to back off immediately. Yeah. Because I have to follow the fun. So this article I didn't read, first of all. So feel free to ignore everything I'm saying. Second of all, I think the what concerns me sometimes about like studies like this is that it's like I'm always like, are you guys asking the right question? Like, yes, parents should be more involved. But it seems like that's like in terms of the real world struggles people are facing, it's like, well, some of these parents don't speak English, so it's really hard for them to teach their kids. Some of these parents work 80 hours a week. Oh, yeah. Put, you, you know what I mean? Like, you're. It's kind of like if you're – if this study is meant to tell, like, upper middle class white parents what to do, great. It's applicable. If the study is meant to be informative to, like, our educational system, I don't know if it is because it's like maybe you guys – should add in more after school tutoring that's accessible to everyone. You know what I mean? Like it's sure. This is what I always 
worry about when I hear these kinds of like facts bandied around. Yeah, well, I, this was recognizing all of that. And really what I was saying is like, um, some people have had to, you know, five minutes a day it is way better than zero. And it's sort of that, yeah, if you can do five minutes, do five minutes. Um, that, yeah. that has, there's, that adds up uh, in a significant way over a year. Um, so it's like make it, make, allow yourself to, for it to be a modest investment. Um, because yeah, we don't all have the flexibility uh, and the time to do time tables at McDonald's on Columbus Day weekend. Right. Well, and in the real world, a lot of people are raised by other people who didn't have a full high school education. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, let alone a college. So it's like, yeah. yeah, it's easy to tell people like put in more effort, but then there's reality. And then sometimes their kids have learning disabilities or, you know, other needs that are not being addressed by the system. <laughs> yes. And this, you can't, you can't, uh, no one plan works for everybody. Yeah. So write an article about that in New York Times. Come on, New York Times. Okay. And you know what? <laughs> I read this seven days ago. <laughs> um, I tell you what, do I read to our kids for too long? No, I don't think you can do too long. I mean, uh, is, is our bedtime too long? No. I think we could get away with it being shorter, but at this point they're kind of addicted to I know three books. We've said it. They try to they try to take advantage of you with four books tonight. I got yeah. in there and I said, I'm not doing four books. We do three <laughs> books. Also, you screamed at mommy. Go to sleep. And then we turned out the light and I read four chapters of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That book is so good. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a good book. <laughs> I sort of wish we hadn't watched the movie first, but that's what got Bryn to agree to read this book. Now you can read them a Shel Silverstein book that we have. Now I can? Well, I mean, now you can read it more successfully where they're paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. That's true. Roll Dahl. So I, as we've mentioned, was not a strong reader in elementary school. I was late to the game, and I hated reading, and I almost never, through college, would read the whole book, whatever the assignment was. I would read enough to write the paper or whatever. College, I read more of the book. But the one thing that I ever read in elementary school on my own was all of the Roald Dahl books. What was your jam? In elementary school? Yeah, like, you know, leading um, up to sixth grade. I did a lot of the, like, you know, Judy Bloom books that other girls were reading, and then the, like, Goosebumps and um, Babysitter's Club. Were the ones that you loved? Do you remember being like that? The ones these? that I loved was, like, Goosebumps, and I was really into all of those books where, like, a kid would like leave their family and just survive on their own. <laughs> like hatchet? Like yeah, like hatchet or like the it's like a boy boy on a mountain. Oh, I've, call the wild or the, w- the wolf and the 
There was two books. There's one. Jack London. There's one fiction book where a boy went up on a mountain and he trained a peregrine falcon and he survived alone on the mountain. There's another book that's a real true story of this kid who accidentally got lost in the woods and almost starved to death. And then I did rehatch it. And then there's a book called A Girl Who Owned a City that I loved. I was like this 12 there's a disease it's a science fiction book in the future a disease kills off everyone over the age of 12 kids have to survive on their own and so kids are you know like looting and beating each other up and like whatever and this one girl is like this one girl is like hey like the drugstore is going to run out of Tylenol one of these days we should kind of figure out how to run society and like plant some food and she's cool and the book (laughs) is about her and I was like I get it. Like, <laughs> this is not a surprise, but not really surprise. telling that all of your books are both characters that are all just get away from it all. Yeah, just leave their family. I'll run my own goddamn city. I don't need <laughs> you people. Ooh, do you ever read Phantom Tollbooth? Yeah, I did. Well, Phantom Tollbooth is a little bit triggering for me because what I turned in, I had a fifth grade teacher who didn't like me and the more, the better I did in school, it felt like the more I was like told that I was bad. <laughs> like it was like one of the, have you ever had a, you don't know this, but there, it was like one of those teachers that like liked the pretty girls and she didn't like the kids who were like into school. And so <laughs> she, that's, Terrible. So I, I did a book report on the Phantom Toll Booth, which is a book that's very much about like wordplay, like what's it called, homonyms, like yeah. where they like two words have the same, different spelling, same sound. So I, so there's a character in the book that's like the witch, but the witch is spelled W H I C H because it's a wordplay thing. Which and so, witch is which? So I did the so I did the book report and I spelled things correctly as they were spelled in the book. And she marked points down. And then I went up to her and I was like, well, you took off points for what I did right. And she was like, well, it's close enough. Like, it doesn't matter. And she like wouldn't correct it. And I had, for some reason that year, I had a lot of instances like that. Like the assistant teacher in that classroom, she, one time a girl told on me to her because I said elephants could swim. (laughs) And the girl told her. Which they can. I had seen it on TV. And this girl told on me for telling lies. And the assistant teacher was like, hey, don't make stuff up. And I was like, it's true that elephants can swim. So I was just like, you know, middle school is not fun for me. We had very different (laughs) school experiences. Yeah. I I turn on the charm with teachers. Yeah, they were like, "You're a fun dummy. We love you." <laughs> you want to see my Ace Ventura impression? <laughs> uh, anyway, um, the, you, what were you saying about the Phantom Tollbooth and your lovely childhood? Mm. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, uh, I don't remember. You didn't even read it. Probably. I probably didn't finish it. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, okay. Roll, roll doll. That the was, end. Ugh, there's, ugh, there's something. I forget. I'm going to remember something really interesting um, and bring it up in the middle of a future segment in this episode. Get ready for it. Otherwise, we're just going to sit here in silence until I remember it. So, not doing that. Ding, ding, ding. The end. Oh. 
I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This next segment is called Listeners Want to Know. It's where we take questions and comments from you guys. Oh, we got some great emails this week. Guys, I just once again want to say, genuine thank you for writing to us and sharing. We don't get to all of them. We're terrible at replying to things, but know that we read every single one and really appreciate it. Um, So as we mentioned recently, Bryn is five years old and he's still in a pull-up. And uh, even last night, he soaked right through it. Had to do some, wash some sheets. So somebody wrote in, um, this is from uh, Jenna, Gina, sorry. 
the plight of the pull-up. Hi, Beth and Peter. Just listened to your latest pod on my way to work today. Just wanted to let you know that I feel your pull-up pain. Our oldest, now 16, was fully potty trained by three. Our second daughter, now 13, was not. Pull-ups was a great, easy fix to avoid a messy problem at night, the only time that she wore them. But she was still wearing them when she started sixth grade. Yes, middle school. We tried pads. We tried special underwear with alarms. We tried pills that the doctor prescribed for special events like sleepovers. None of it worked. She was having to go on overnight school trips with her special secret pull-up bag and a plan on how she would change into them at night without anyone knowing and how she would dispose of them in the morning. It was a bit stressful for her and us. Part of it was that I just didn't want to deal with the wet mess every morning. Pull-ups made it easy. Although by the end, she could have changed and washed her, her own sheets. Anyway, we finally decided to just go for it and not wear the pull-ups. And one night, about halfway through sixth grade, guess what? She hasn't, uh, and guess what? She hasn't worn them since. It was like the pull-up was a crutch, and if it was there, she'd used it. And once it was gone, she didn't. We really wish that we would have done it sooner. Uh, Not that five is necessarily the time to ditch them, but five (laughs) could quickly become 11. Good luck. I hope it is easier for you than it was for us. Love the show, Gina. I love this email. It's like, (laughs) she's like, Sort of chastising us, but also let her daughter wear pull-ups until sixth grade. Oh, it's perfect. Uh, <laughs> perfect. Like, you should try this. But she I gets didn't. it. She's like, but also, I don't know. Because this has been my thought. And I'm like, let's just go for it. I think that not having the pull-up, he'll just not do it. I disagree because he's had the pull-up off recently and he's peed all over himself. When? When we forgot to put a pull-up on. That is not recent. I mean... It's like years. I, he still soaks it with regularity that I am not eager to give it a try. Uh, There's, <laughs> it's the, the thing is, I really think it's the feeling of it. The second it's not there, because um, he, he'll sleep in the middle of the day. He'll sleep in the car. He'll take naps. Yeah, but his bladder is not as full. Uh, I, I just need to pick a night and go for it. I, I I bought that plastic thing. Let's just throw it on the mattress and give it a whirl. That's the thing. I've been saying this for months. Yeah, you're like badgering me about it, but you're not doing it. And I, Bad, I don't I'm not badgering deal. you. I'm just think out loud like I do all things. <sighs> I'm not yeah. gonna I'm not doing it. I'm not dealing with it. I'm gonna do it. I'm I'm committing on the podcast in front of everyone right now. I'm going to do it before we record next podcast. Okay. Good luck. Thank you. Well, I've mentioned this to Bryn and he doesn't want to do it. Yeah, because he wakes up soaked every day. (laughs) He's nervous about it. And he feels like he's a little bit ashamed, but I, 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 I make him feel fine about it. I'm like, okay, grab this, change the sheets. Here's that. Um, because I, when we do go for it, I don't want it to be so loaded figuratively and literally. Yeah, it shouldn't be.
How's that jet lag treating you? <laughs> I'm so sleepy. Okay. I've I've been feeling like, boy, I gotta shut up. I'm talking too much this podcast. It's no. your time to shine, baby. No. Beth is jet lagged <laughs> and tired. So you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna read one more email. Um maybe one, maybe two. Ready for this? This one comes to us from Jenna. Oh my gosh, we got a Gina and a Jenna. Hi, Beth and Peter. I'm a little behind on the podcast. How dare you? Just kidding. So I'm not sorry. Um, so, so I'm sorry if you have already gotten similar messages many times um, a couple of months ago. But I wanted to let you know we have done about phones and phone numbers. I was just thinking about this today. Does Bryn even know what a phone number is? We have three boys, 6, 9, and 11. When our older two were about your kid's age, we had a couple of scary experiences where they got lost in the botanical gardens near our house. No big deal in the end, but it did freak us out. And we decided that we needed to have a plan in case they got lost in the future. So we had them memorize my phone number. Our oldest learned it within a couple of months, but the three-year-old took probably about a year before he had it down with the area code and everything. We also had a baby at the time, and we just worked with him as soon as he got old enough. Then we taught them that if they ever got lost, they should find a mother with, a, with children and tell her that they are lost, but they know their mom's phone number, and, should, uh, and could she please help them call their mom. Now they all know the script by heart, and we make them practice before going to crowded places like an amusement park. And no one has ever gotten lost, of course, but it gives us peace of mind. On the phone slash landline thing, our older two do stay home by themselves, and we don't have a landline, and they don't have cell phones, but each have an Echo Dot in their rooms, uh, which they can use to call us when they are in the house. Hope this helps. Jenna. That's interesting. Um, that will definitely... Can you call people through this our HomePod? These are good questions. Uh, I don't know. Um, I started singing a song in the car the other day when I dropped off Bryn, and then I th- was thinking about this. And so then I just started singing to Maven. And I forget what it was, but it was like, Daddy's phone num, Daddy's number is seven, blah, blah, da, 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 da. I'm not going to give you my phone number. Uh, I almost, almost just did. And I tried to make it as funny and catchy as possible. And Maven started grooving. And I was like, this is it. <laughs> this is how. I'm just going to repeat this song in the yeah. car like every morning for a month. Like you're like 1-800-CARS-FOR-KIDS. <laughs> but it's your number. 800-588-2300-EMPIRE. <laughs> I think. Did you have Empire commercials? Yeah. It was a big Chicagoland area. Thing. We also had Canopy Lake Park. Um, you didn't have that. That's not a phone number at all. <laughs> we had. Uh, well, now I'm just doing jingles. Right, do you want phone number? Every jingle? kiss begins with K. <laughs> um, it's interesting. Sorry, now a minute. Go ahead. It's interesting the advice of telling kids to look for a mom or a woman, which is good advice. Also, just sad that decade after decade, we can't trust men to do anything. It, uh, 
The reality is you're probably fine asking any adult that you're not terrified to ask for help with. Mm-hmm. Like kids kids can tell who seems to instinctually who seems to be dangerous and who's not. Yeah. But if you need to make a safe bet. Yes, a, a woman with children. Yeah. Um, she's probably a little more. Is fine. I mean anyone with kids. I mean there's a dad is, who's in the park with a bunch of kids is is going to be fine too. I mean, you're just assuming he's a dad. You think he's just collecting <laughs> kids in the park, and the other kids are like, "Yeah, it, I, guess I don't know." It sounds suspicious. Um, what the hell is this dad doing here? I do, it's funny though. Like we we've thought about the idea of getting a landline, which economically doesn't make sense for us. But we live in an apartment building, and our kids can get out into the hallway if they had an emergency here. The landline doesn't help. Maven defiantly left the apartment the other day. Um, And I I rushed out into the hallway and she was standing there anticipating me coming out there like with her defiant face. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is an important, it's my duty to make this girl cry. (laughs) So she never does this again. And I wasn't mean, but I was... Very I, out there, and I grabbed her, and I closed the door, and I brought her in, and I sat her down, and I looked her right in the face, and I was like, "You do not go outside." And she, I put her in her bed, and I closed the door, and then I heard the longest, saddest, <laughs> and it was so <laughs> pathetic and and sad. Yeah, but I was like, she needs to never do that again. Yeah. Um. And I was like, it's such a great reminder that it's so important that I don't show that aggression, that like emotional thing to her, unless it really matters. Like when your kid tries to run into the street, you need to scare them to not do that again. But if you do that when they don't put on their shoes, then you've lost that having any power. So it was a good moment in that right. she was really scared. And I realized, like, okay, I don't overdo this. Right. Don't yell at your kids until you need to. I didn't even yell. Well, I just brought an intense seriousness that made her know that this was business. You ready for one more email? Yes. So I got this email on my birthday. Uh, or no, a day after my birthday. But uh, this was your birthday present. Is that what you're trying to say? So this is going to sound shitty and ungrateful. But saying happy birthday on Facebook, I have an irrational reaction to it, which is I hate it. If you just say happy birthday, Peter. It sh- that should only be a positive thing, right? Oh, somebody took one second to write happy birthday. Mm-hmm. But just how insanely impersonal it is, I would rather it had never happened. Now, I know that there are people listening to this well, who have wished me a happy birthday on Facebook. Thank you. It is thoughtful. But there is something about it that I cannot... But you know what, you, you know what I did is I turned off my... I turned off the feature where it says my birthday. Oh, that is a great idea. Because I was, I would get like 
all these birthday wishes and it was sort of flattering, but then... But it's not. It ultimately felt like an empty gesture because I was like, these aren't the people I'm close to. Like, I need to go, you know, celebrate with my friends. Not that I have anything against these people, but I was just like, this is we- like not it's a meaningful birthday. For Facebook to go... <laughs> hey, do you want to say happy birthday to this person? And in that moment, you're like, yeah, sure, happy birthday. Right. It's it's not, you well, can't think, criticize someone for doing that, but it I does. I think they do mean it in a nice way. It's just It, it makes me feel lonely. <laughs> and you had just left town, and I was like, I'm fine. I'm not sad that you're not here for so my birthday. So did you also hate my Instagram happy birthday post? No, that was the best. <laughs> that was the exact opposite, where it was thoughtful, and it made me very happy. Um, it's not that it's not the public part of it. It's the, if you had texted that to me, I would have maybe even liked it more. Uh, no, no, it's the, it's somebody thinking. You want something genuine, not. Yeah. Okay. Um, Um, okay. So this email. uh, After a thousand happy birthday messages on Facebook that, inadvertently made me feel alone and hollow (laughs) (laughs) you felt like a fame whore is what you're saying i was like i hate it we got this email proud of you both hi beth and peter i've been a listener since the beginning and i just wanted to validate something you were talking about in this week's episode growth the work you've put both put into yourselves and your relationship shows in your podcast, in your tones of voice, and the way you both tell stories now. It's no easy feat to change the way you react to triggers and recurring situations. I speak from experience when I say it's an ongoing project. And you should both be proud of how far you've come as people, partners, and parents who can model that for your kids. Great fucking job, you two. Keep up the good work. XO Smitty. <laughs> this was such a lovely email to get. She was so nice. Okay, and so here's the extra part of it. Um, one that's just like, it's like, oh, I you know feel <laughs> validated and listened to, and spoke to something that yes, we've put a lot of time and energy into working on, and it's hard to notice that things have changed when you're in the moment. Um, so thank you for a nice objective outside perspective. But also, two days before, I was in the studio for Story Pirates, and we were recording an episode in which there was a character named Smitty, who is like a a, a coach, a super encouraging, <laughs> you can do it, Siegfried, you got to get out there. And he was, a, he's... Siegfried is in a competition to be the best complimenter. <laughs> I'm spoiling the season. Sorry. And Smitty is there to let him know that he can do it, that he can be positive and say positive things to people. <laughs> and then I got this email from Smitty. That's synchronicity. Telling Peter. me that I had learned how to be kind. You know, what's funny. I had, when I was in the mountains with the moms this weekend, we had a lot of weird synchronicity moments like that because we have we have like we were yeah we're all synced up actually it was a full moon so genuinely a ton of people were getting their periods it was like (laughs) very powerful mountain moon energy going on but so but we would like um 
we would be standing, like, you know, we knew a bunch of people there, and we'd be like, I wonder where Dee went. And then she'd, like, walk through the door right towards us. And, it like, that that kind of thing happened, like, five times. Yeah. We were like, this is amazing. Um, so that was my favorite birthday present was, uh, was that email. And uh, <laughs> Because you didn't get any other birthday presents? Because I didn't get any birthday presents. That is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and uh, so thank you, Smitty. I'm going to picture you as the uh, grizzled old coach that uh, Story Pirates has uh, portrayed. Even I just, though I just want long-term listeners to be reminded that I got you a very good um, anniversary present in August. Oh, just yeah. Just two months ago. And that this week kind of took overcame me and i think part hey, of part of marriage is phoning it in once in a while you do not need to defend yourself <laughs> we're not big gifts people we've talked about this as a, a huge thing of relief i think for both of us when we both acknowledge that gifts are not our love language well, um, i also just th- i don't think you can do a great gift every time like it's just not sustainable and that's just what we're talking about i don't want anything <laughs> Unless it's unless it's thoughtful. Right. I phone it in for you sometimes and sometimes I try a little harder. <laughs> I think we we know what the score is <laughs> and we appropriately balance it. So yeah, I don't Beth Beth, you don't you coming home to me is all the gift I need. Oh, thank you. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. <laughs> We're late. We're going to cut it a little short. Beth is jet lagged. If you would like to reach out to validate us and make us feel great about ourselves. Please do. Please do so in the form of rating us on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone did a hashtag big booty, big booty daddy review. Just uh, do review us, rate us on iTunes, hashtag growth. Um, interpret um, that as you will and uh, um, you can email us at weknowspod at gmail.com if you have anything to share or you can leave us a voicemail at 347-384-7396 you find us on the social medias Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at weknowspod um, oh my gosh you guys we'll see you back next week the regular scheduled time we'll catch up, we love you Goodbye. Bye. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.